All right. I'm trying to think of a good intro. Yeah, it doesn't have to be funny every week. <laughs> sorry, that, that came out so savage. I'm so sorry. It did. It really did. <laughs> it's okay. We can't all be blessed. It's true. It's true. Can't all have that Hannah Chapman wit. Welcome to Bonnets at Dawn, the only podcast that pits Jane Austen against the Bronte sisters, except in this episode, we're going to talk about mostly Elizabeth Gaskell and going to Elizabeth Gaskell's house. I am your host, Lauren Burke, Team Bronte. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, Team Austen. And here we are. This is the first official, official episode of season two. We're going in. We're going in dry. I'm sorry for talking over you to say that we're going in dry. <laughs> no, you're fine. The driest episode. Obviously. The driest episode. Um, our third road trip diary. It is. We've been all over. Where have we been? Bath, Howarth, Manchester. Now Manchester. A little, <laughs> a little bit of London. A little sprinkling of London in there. Not too That's much. That's true. Did a little bit of that. So we've gone all over your country. At some point, you'll have to come over here and then we'll do little road trip America. We're going to do a road trip diary in Kentucky, right? We are. We are indeed. I imagine there's going to be a lot of sound bites of me going, what is this? Why is this so yes. big? It's big. Lauren, <laughs> no one needs to eat that much. And we'll probably be stopping at... Um, a bunch of like distilleries and just like weird fast food places for you. So it's going to be quite the experience. I'm excited. That's going to be so much better than this one. Oh, no, it's not. I loved our trip to Manchester. I, um, I want to move to Manchester. I feel like I I belong there actually. I'm going to cut you off now because you're going to mention West Didsbury in about three seconds. And you talked enough Uh about West Didsbury in this episode already. (laughs) I also want to say... We tried to cut some of it out. We tried to cut a little bit of it out. (laughs) There's like four hours of audio of just Lauren saying how much she likes West Didsbury. Just on the cutting room floor, people. I stepped in. I've saved you. You don't have to listen to it. What you do have to listen to, though, is Lauren absolutely spoiling a play called The Ferryman. So this is a spoiler warning. If you think that you have any intention ever of going to see the West End play The Ferryman, don't listen to this episode until after you've watched it. I mean, listen, I'll give you a spoiler warning before a Louisa May Alcott or a Jane Austen (laughs) or a Charlotte Bronte, (laughs) Jez Butterworth. No. What's funny is that we have to tell you what's no up. spoiler warnings for any of those other authors. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Um, listen, I had some issues with that play. I love most of his work, but this one I had some issues with, and I just wanted to warn people that maybe it's not it's not worth their time, maybe. I think yeah. I yeah. think that's enough about the ferryman. What have I Probably. done? I've opened a whole mm-hmm. nother barrel of worms. You really have. Uh, Welcome to uh, this week's episode. Lauren reviews all of the plays in the West End, and she lets you know what you should spend your money on and what you shouldn't. Um, Lauren, what did we do today? 
Um, so, well, I got here yesterday, I should say, but it, I knew yesterday would be just jet lag day. Yeah, I mean, yesterday we just like ate some, a sandwich. Yeah. And then ate some room service. And just tried to we like... We went to an 18th century coach house pub and then I drank yeah. a hot toddy. And then when we came back to the hotel room, Lauren's like, you have to keep me awake. <laughs> yes. And I fell asleep. <laughs> just... And Hannah took like a nice like and I had two a... hour nap. <laughs> I had a dream where um, I went, I was at, I was working at someone's wedding and I went through a gate that I'd been told not to because there was another gate further on. And I was like, oh, it must be that gate. I wanted to look at the the horses. There were some horses. And then you got told off. And then this woman wearing riding gear was like, you shouldn't be here. You come, you know, you shouldn't be here. And then I went back and my friend who actually is a wedding stylist who I have worked for, she was sat in her little car and I just went over and I was like, oh, Kirsten, you have just, oh, I've been told off. And she just pinched the bridge of her nose and was like, oh, what'd you do? oh, what have you done? And then I woke up really disoriented and was like, Lauren, I've just had a nightmare. And Lauren was like, Hannah, you were mildly chastised in your dream. Like, <laughs> calm down. I was so upset. And then we ate room service and then... And then we had room service. And then you snored really loud. <laughs> I snored really loud because I don't have my special pillow. So, yeah. And then today, today, what did we do? We got up. We got ready. We, why can't I remember this? We had brunch. We shared a banana and a cup oh, of freshly squeezed right. orange juice. That and was actually you a nice ate, little cafe. Um, sourdough toast with scrambled eggs and smoked salmon. I did. And I ate uh, sourdough toast with smashed avocado and poached eggs. It's lovely. And then we walked to Persephone Books. Yes. Where we were not able to interview anyone, guys. I'm sorry. No. But it's a beautiful store. It's a beautiful oh, store. It's amazing. It's overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah. I was overwhelmed because I wanted, I, I have no room in my bag. I like just, I pack very, very lightly. Which is nuts because I brought the biggest suitcase. I don't like heavy. carrying around like a ton of luggage. So I just am like. I don't like it. Crazy, I just thought it was nuts. Crazy packer. <laughs> and I hate like lugging around a suitcase on the tube. So oh like, yeah, no, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just gonna do a backpack. But um, I bought three books, and I really, really was really interested in like um, books that are about like, what was that one like, uh, like dinners for beginners, oh, and kitchen like essays. running your um, running your household without Which, a servant. Like, I was I was reading all of those and I was like, yeah, fine. But like, I actually could not have been less interested. I'm very, very like I collect vintage cookbooks. And so I love like just the like antiquated advice. I, here's something that made me realize hmm. I'm definitely more interested in the 19th than the 20th century. Literature wise. So I was just like, oh. I enjoy early 20th century because I, t- I just told, well, I just revealed this to Hannah and you didn't realize this about me. I really like Sarah Waters. And um, I was like, you know what I really like about like, what was the last book of, that I read of hers? Um, not The Little Stranger, but The Paying, the paying Guests. Like, I love um, a story about like post-war Britain and like people trying to like put it all back together. Like, that's like a very specific genre, but I like kind of love it. 
but you were just you like, know what no. is interesting there is that you don't you never specify which war it is i will take either war I, either i will take either i prefer world war one okay yeah because i feel like that's when the class system was like totally destroyed and then like putting it all back together and then i took lauren to my favorite restaurant which I've actually taken her to before. Yes, you have. And the food's fine. I don't know. I just it's, love it. It's like, <laughs> what's funny about this restaurant is that there's like no decor. There's none. There's like it's just zero like, it's atmosphere. Like white walls, white floor, white tables. And Only not even in the like... basement. The upstairs is a red carpet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ate in the basement, you guys. We ate in the basement. And um, it just is like, it's really basic and it's not like trying to go for a basic vibe. It's just like they found like this space and they did nothing to it. They're like, yeah, this is fine. We're yeah. not going to do anything to this space. And um, the food is, it's not bad. It's fine. But yeah. Hannah just loves it. Like there's no atmosphere. Oh, the service is, I, I mean, I like that it's terrible. It's considered the rudest restaurant in London. They just scream at you. I I remember trying to get the a guy's attention in there once. He just laughed at me and walked away. And then, <laughs> like five minutes later, when I was like, "Dude, I really need you to come to this table," he hid behind a pillar. He made eye contact with me and then went and stood behind a pillar. And then another time, um, the same guy because he was so so. I actually I used to go and eat there a lot uh, when I lived in London. I would go on my own on my lunch break. He was just stood there, and this guy ordered a coke, and the guy. The waiter brought him a Diet Coke and was like, you shouldn't be drinking this shit. <laughs> like, this is bad for you. And he's like, I want a Coke. And he was like, sir, I'm going to give you this Diet Coke. And then I think you need to maybe like hit the gym. <laughs> and then we went to the Kowloon Bakery, which is just over the road. And um, we got these two cakes and one of them was the wrong cake, but they were delicious. It's true. And Lauren shouted the end plot of the ferryman the ferryman mm-hmm. into the lobby of the ferryman play where people were waiting to go into the play she just shouted in and I i'm not going to tell you what she shouted i wanted well, everyone I will <laughs> lauren shouted everybody dies at the end even the children <laughs> especially even. the children so that's yeah spoiler warning <laughs> really all the tension is leading up to that <laughs> and you're like surely not everyone's going to die and then they do. Because um, of one man. Who's and then just we like, came no, home. I have to I have to like be true to trying, my feelings. <laughs> trying to derail this. I just wanted to let everyone know. You know. And then we came home to the hotel mm-hmm. and I put on my robe. And they only turned down your bed. They didn't turn down my bed. That's and they true. put the slippers I was wearing on your side of the room. And yeah. Uh, we watched some a clip from the young pope and we listened to a couple of songs and then <laughs> we learned how to use this recorder Yeah, and I've been reading my Helena Kelly book and I've got like I'm obsessed with it like I keep reading bits to Lauren and being like see see look and I think the thing I love about it is that she's saying a lot of things that I'm not intelligent enough to articulate and so it's like, I've had the germ of an idea in my head, but haven't been able to follow it through. Mm-hmm. And then the level of close reading that she does to back up the points, exceptional. It's like a great book. It's the best book I've read all year. 
I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to read it again. So, Lauren. Yeah. Uh, what have you done today? <sighs> I've done so many things. Well, should I go back in time? Because I feel like it's all been leading up to today. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Tuesday, right? No, is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Tuesday Holy was the day. It was, that, was, that was the day yesterday. Yeah, I know. I've really settled into life in Manchester now. So, like, I just live at Unburton Road in Westedsbury. Cast your mind back. Okay. To an early Sunday morn. Mm-hmm. We've woken in London in a dank, dark, spooky, weird hotel. Yeah. We really fell from grace, didn't we? Yeah. Reduced circumstances. So we were staying at the Royal Lancaster, which was... Um, I had a discount yeah. on for We were two the poorest nights. people in that hotel. Possibly. I mean, we saw the breakfast the next day. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Um, I wanted to sit in the posh room, but <laughs> we were not allowed. They threw us back at the buffet. We didn't tip um, anyone when they came up to our room, and, like, slowly as the days were going by, the um, the stuff coming up to our room was just happening a little slower. <laughs> a bit slower, a bit slower. Just a little bit slower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Beautiful mid-century hotel, gorgeous furnishings. Yeah, it was nice. Just like great. They gave us more biscuits on the second morning. Yeah, lovely place and just very comfortable. Mm. They let me check in early, which was wonderful. Carried my bag up to the room. They were great. And then um, I could not afford it. Saturday night, we went to a hotel that was near Victoria Station and it was very, very cheap. It was a bit scary. There was um, a locked room. There was a door in our hotel room which was locked. And at one point in the night, we that like there was definitely a man on the other side chuckling. <laughs> oh god! And uh, my like, I'm not good. I panic packed, which basically means that um, I will pack anything I possibly need just to reduce the anxiety of not having stuff. So I had have I have this like ginormous really effing heavy suitcase with me so I just put that in front of the door because there is no way someone was pushing it open with that <laughs> like I nearly gave my tendonitis like nearly brought that back just carrying that thing around London so oh god um yeah so he was just there like kind of just chuckling away and he probably had like a camera yeah it was room. just yeah but you know like we had we had to leave at like six in the morning so yeah then um we got the coach to manchester and then the next day and that was like a time warp because Mm -hmm. i had some somehow convinced myself that it was a seven hour journey and it was a four hour journey in the end and i was just like thank god i just sat there like oh we still have like three hours to go and lauren (laughs) was like oh i just saw a sign for manchester and i was like not possible we're three hours away and lauren was like no no well, yeah, we're we're in Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's signs. Um, yeah, and then so we went straight to Gas uh, Elizabeth yeah. Gaskell's house. Straight off the bus, like we just were like we just went Let's straight go. there, and it was amazing. We got there like at 12 mm. and it was so funny because like Sally was walking past the yeah, door did, like, and like immediately did a double take. It was like, is it you guys? <laughs> And it was, it was us. us. And then they gave us um, coffee Mm -hmm. and cake. Oh yeah, they were just immediately like, oh my God, come on in. Just like, sit down, just like, yeah. 
like meet all these people like meet all these volunteers like yeah i got given a mince pie and some mulled wine and i got to try on some costumes it's a good day and then we immediately went to see kettle and black perform yeah we did um kettle and black is uh an act and one of uh one half of the act is um a volunteer at gaskell house Mm -hmm. and it was amazing it was very funny it was was adorable and I'm sure you guys, well, you guys didn't hear it because there's a whole interview. Yeah. What was crazy was that we just, we've been like nonstop, I feel, interviewing like theater performance. Yeah. Yeah, or performance artists who do something sort of literary based or historical, you know, have some sort of historical base for their performances, which is amazing. Yeah. I, it's really, it's really interesting as well because um, just like people in, uh, interpreting history and like how can we how can we take what happened and like break it down so that like to have people engage with it in a very different way so the mm-hmm. Kettle and Black performances um, these two nosy ladies from over the road coming into Elizabeth Gaskell's house while she's mm-hmm. on a holiday and just it's like spot on like the tone yeah. is just so funny and like they play the piano there's beautiful piano in the drawing room and just like having that played and mm. everyone's just sat around like on the sofas and on the armchair yeah. like, next to the fireplace and it just it just really feels like someone's all like you're at a friend's house and they've yeah. organized this like little soiree yeah that is that's the great thing about Gaskell House like because then the next day we met Amanda who put on a play in Gaskell House that was about Elizabeth and William called hands hearts and cake and she'd put on a performance like in the house and like it went across several yeah, different rooms around. and so did yeah. the um enjoy Gas- arts gaskell the, yeah, musical. gaskell the musical started yeah. outside goes into the house moves around the rooms goes back out of the house like really using the space yeah and all three of them like people are like engaged in some way like yeah. kettle and black like they handed us like a sheet of music and we all learned a song and like sang it together that was so good it stuck yeah. in my head afterwards but yeah, so we got that done the first day. They came back to our Airbnb, which is in West Didsbury. Which is lovely. It's like the lovely. Chelsea of Manchester. <laughs> it's so fancy. I like it. I, you know, I looked it up on the map. It said that it was near a bunch of like cafes and brunch places. And I was like, yeah, this is not my street. I feel like everyone is like, why are you in West Didsbury? <laughs> yeah, like, why aren't you downtown? Like, yeah, or why aren't you? Because so like, we're actually not near the city centre and we're not near Gaskell House. Yeah. But it's been nice just having someone to like come and work and watch Gemporia for as it's on oh. in the background. We had a cooking show on mute and I realised that it's her, she's back. Yeah, she's back. She is dressed. She's wearing the same clothes, Lauren. I yeah, well, I mean, you know why? Because so I don't know if anyone's watched Gem TV. I hadn't I used to watch shopping channels when my mum was at work. Um I never bought anything, but I just fascinating. Like the despair. Um, and <laughs> she so looks like she's really Lauren, torn. Lauren's like worked out this thing where she thinks that all of the hosts and Jampora people that have like racked up like a huge debt from like buying the shite jewelry <laughs> and they, or from anything just well from anything and then they sign a contract and like for every pound you have to do like an hour of Jampora television yeah. and then there was one woman who <laughs> Like they all just look like they've been in a hole and like they get they get dragged out and they haven't seen yeah. sunlight and they're just like throwing they're like given loads of coke and just told like just yes. put in front of this camera and just been like 
for every ring you sell, we're going to take like 10 years off your sentence or something. Well, like this woman here looks like she's near tears. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's actually quite stressful to watch. Um, let's see. Monday was crazy. Was every it? day has been a blur. Um, Monday we went to, we went back to Gaskell House. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what we did there. I did some ambient recording. Okay. I went into uh bloody hell, what happened on Monday? I know. No one was oh, it's the group tour. So on Monday, um there, we go. there was a National Trust group tour. And so these trips are amazing because it's fifteen pounds per head and we can't say for sure, but it might include a visit to the Pankhurst Centre, but it might not. But the right. two the two venues are now linked. I think they're like part of a eight secret venue. The secret or, eight. The yeah. secret eight. Um, which is kind of this like collective of historical and like culturally relevant like sites in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um so this group went to the Pankhurst Centre and then they came to Elizabeth Gaskell's house and they had an afternoon tea style lunch with like Really nice sandwiches and some With lovely cakes and tea. Really and nice sandwiches, like, guys. Yeah, there was one that had just like chunks of chili in it, and genuinely, I have not stopped thinking about that sandwich. Like every day, I'm like, I could smash that. Well, the sriracha mayo on that sandwich was delicious too. That, you know, that was a coronation chicken. It was. Yeah, it was like a oh. like almost. I don't want to say deconstruct. It wasn't, but it was like you know, like modern. Like a okay. Yeah, like good. a little bit of curry powder in that mayonnaise, like a bit chicken, bit chili. Yeah, it's great. Delicious, but rocket. It was great. That sandwich was amazing. The mozzarella and pasta and some blushed tomato. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, the brie and cranberry. I had one of each of them. That's a good, good deal. Yeah, it was great. And like the slices of cake are massive, and like as much tea and coffee as you can drink, and crisps. And then, um, and then you get taken into the coach house, which is this like Mm -hmm. the modern extension or like renovation part of the property. And um, Dr. Diane Duffy. Mm Uh, did like this in, incredibly like detailed introductory talk for almost an hour yeah. with like photos and maps and just gave you like a real idea of I think the like the area like just yeah. the, hist- the history of the house like not not just Elizabeth Gaskell but the history of the house I think she really placed in the context for me I think that's what I started to get get it about William mm-hmm. because everyone you talk to at like Gaskell House, they don't just talk to you about Elizabeth. They talk to you about William too, and like what an important figure he was in Manchester. Yeah, because um, I haven't really gotten there too yet in the biography that I'm reading, which was written as we've talked about uh, on the show by Jenny Uglow. Yeah, I I never know if I'm pronouncing her, her I name right. I, yeah, I'm just. I didn't realize, like, what a reformer he, he was and, like, how involved in the community he was. Like, he, I mean, he basically, like, helped start Manchester University. Yeah. Um, which is now the biggest employer in Manchester. He um, was the chairman of the Portico Library for 30 years. Yeah. And huge. To, this is so funny. To commemorate, um, to commemorate him being the chairman for, like, that amount of time, because it was significant. Like, I don't think anyone had been a chairman there for that long. Mm. They said, we'd like to make a portrait or a bust. Which would you like? And he like was just like, well, what what's cheapest? And then, um, yeah, so it was a portrait. And then he had Annie Swinnerton do it. And she was the first female associate of the Royal Academy of Arts. So. That's true. 
Yeah, it's great. Everyone loves William. Everyone loves William so oh much. Oh my god, it's crazy. You talk to anyone at Gaskell House, William. I would say, like, we're calling it Gaskell House because we're lazy, but it is Elizabeth Gaskell's house. It is. And then there's another place down the road called Gaskell House, which is like a doctor's or something. This is true. <laughs> and Sally that, was it, like, don't that, call it that. Call it Elizabeth Gaskell's house. <laughs> and that is because um, their daughters, one of their daughters became involved in nursing. And um, they, like, purchased a home. And it became, like, a retirement home later on. Um which, yeah, which was sort of, like, in their honour. They also purchased oh. a park so yes. that they could, um, like, retain a nice view. They bought it for £500. Good deal. From the city. And so, yeah, so there's still a park over the way. Which and Esther, nice. the volunteer coordinator, has a nice view of it from her office. Yes, she does. She's got a great view. I actually, I love that Elizabeth, or, like, so Elizabeth used to write in the dining room, but then... She was interrupted constantly by her servants and whatnot and her family. And um, so she would sometimes get up and go into, like, this little area that was, I guess, like, between, like, the kitchen it's the serving, and the servants. It's the serving room. So yeah. the, the food coming out of the, like, the little yeah. preparation room before it before goes into, into the, the dining, dining room. room. And um, that now is the Esther's office. Yeah. Which is really cool. But, um, yeah, so... Monday night was crazy. Oh, like and after... then and then I went on a tour around the house. So the tour, oh, that's right, the tour yeah. with Diane was uh, in the coach house, and then um, Diane's husband Nick. Uh, Diane took one half of the group around, and then I followed Nick around, and we just went through every room, and he just told us like loads of stories, um, just like how the house worked, and yeah. just like Victorian living, and just he was so full of just like. They say, like, nuts and bolts information. So just, like, how, how things worked and how it all fits together. And it was just... It was really interesting. Bearing in mind at this point as well that we'd already been there the day before and heard, like, a few of the stories from different volunteers. It was just... It was great. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And that was about an hour as well. Yeah. That's a good... It's a good amount of information. Yeah. It's a lot of information, but it really... And just saying again and again, just, like... Because not everything in the house is original. The few things that are original in there are under Perturbex, so you can't, like, get to them. But everything else is a reproduction or it's something that they've bought secondhand. So you can sit in the chairs, you can play the piano, you can sit at William's desk, you can pull the books off the shelves and leaf Mm -hmm. through them. Um, And maybe that won't always be the case. Like, maybe that's not something that's sustainable Mm -hmm. is a concern that I have. Right. Having worked and just like stuff gets grubby. Just wear and tear over wear the years. Yeah. But certainly now, like now is a really good time to go and visit. Yeah. Because uh, Nick was saying about there was a man who uh, Nick said to him, like, make yourself at home, like immerse yourself. So he sat in an armchair in front of the fire in the drawing room and started reading a newspaper from 1860 mm-hmm. and uh, fell asleep. And then there's like a noise or like a siren went past and um, he woke up and he just didn't know where he was for like just a few seconds. And I think that's like yeah. that's that's the joy of Gaskell yeah. House is that you can just like lose yourself a little bit. Yeah. So um so then yesterday we went back to Elizabeth Gaskell's house, uh, but it was closed. There was there was no group booking, so it's just Sally there. And um yeah, we just kind of like walked around, did like a little bit of recording. Yeah, we just kind of like, it was nice to have the house like all to ourselves, basically. She's like, here are the keys. I learned that Lauren cannot unlock a door. 
like she's incapable of doing I'm it. I'm not good at she, unlocking like, turns door handles the wrong way. <laughs> you know how like door handles if they're like the one that you like they you push down and the door opens. I also or if kept it's trying to, one, you to turn use it right. the wrong key as well. It was painful. Like yeah. it was, it was upsetting. I almost quit the show just because I just <laughs> couldn't. <laughs> couldn't handle couldn't it. Couldn't handle it, yeah. Um, sorry about the typing, guys. Lauren's at work. She's got to do her job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the casual episode. This is like yeah. the mumbling episode. Yeah, so we did that. And then Sally took us on like a whistle-stop tour of Manchester. It was oh so Oh my gosh, funny. that was hilarious. We saw Morrison's. Lauren's like, I like Morrison's. <laughs> and I just say, she hasn't <laughs> been inside one or like shopped at one. I saw it from outside and I thought it looked good. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I, I like the look of that grocery store. A plus. She likes Market Street, guys. Um, I don't know if that's supposed to be an insult. It's not an insult. Okay. Just, just checking. It's just a Morrison's fact. Just checking. <laughs> Morrison's fact. That's my Spanish Chapman. Morrison's do a really good sausage roll. Okay. We could go to Morrison's. Sure. It's like... It's like Google fine. It. I'll see if there is one. Okay. We could get some groceries. Um, yeah, so we went to the Christmas market... Actually, we do need to go back into town because I need to eat that Yorkshire pudding. Oh, that was Can great. We? That was so great. It was just a giant Yorkshire pudding just with some brown <sighs> stuff just in it. It looked greasy. It looked like it would definitely But it was like a piece. burrito, right? Yeah, like a Yorkshire... I mean, it's been done, like... Well, listen, I've never seen it. I know, and I haven't eaten one, so we do need to go back, please. So, like, I've never... Yeah. Yeah, like I've never seen... And they seen... do sausage pig in a blanket on a stick. So how do you do the sausage, or how do you do the Yorkshire pudding, like a burrito? Well, you put the stuff in it and then you wrap it up. I mean, you know, tell them what the stuff is. I don't, well, I don't know. We just... <laughs> oh. No one ever let me eat it. Oh. We just walked past it, didn't well, we? Well, we're going to have to figure out I what I imagine it's is. got some gravy and potatoes in it and some okay. meat and some stuffing. That's... It looked... Oh, we walked past these little sheds with karaoke sheds. That so, was crazy. You know how a Christmas market is in a shed? And it's just a, like a forest of sheds and people just sell like just the same shit as every Christmas market. And they're kind of charming, but also kind of awful. And you don't like some people really love them. And then there's me and I don't like anything. So, oh. um, but so there's this bit and it was you go into the little shed and you shut the door and it's karaoke shed. And they're all in like a little ring fort, like a ring fort of karaoke sheds. Bizarre. I really want to go, but Lauren does not care for karaoke. I mean, you guys just really love karaoke. Yeah. If anyone ever wants to just do bonnets at Jordan karaoke, I'm your man. And that should yeah, be the way that Lauren, like, a mass bonnets at dawn karaoke performance of Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. Like, not just me singing it, but like, I'd I... like 10 of us doing like an a cappella karaoke. I have not heard this song, but I have a feeling. That this song is, like, not karaoke-appropriate. It's absolutely karaoke-appropriate. <laughs> like, you need to drink a bottle of Buckfast first. <laughs> like, you need to be messy. I just have a feeling that it's not right. Well. Just say it. Just like you haven't been inside of Morrison's, you've also not heard this song. Mm-hmm. So, ill-equipped to judge. <sighs> currently. Fine. Anyway... And then so we went to the John Rylands library, which I kept calling the Hogwarts library, but apparently there's a library which is more of a Hogwarts library. Yeah, so... Um, and then we went to the central library, which also just happens to have an exhibition about the magic of Hogwarts in it at the moment. So, <laughs> And that's like a different library. So currently all of the libraries in Manchester 
a Hogwarts library. Basically, all of the libraries have some sort of Hogwarts connection. I did find a bonnet to try on at the Rylands. That like that is just like a beautiful place. And what's really interesting about that is, um, was her name Equestria? I want to call her Equestria. I don't think that's right. The only Equestria, Equestria I know is from. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, oh, in Equatia. And so this woman who was married to John Rylands, um, he left her like millions of pounds. And so she wanted to build what she was referring to as a cathedral of learning. And so the John Rylands Library, while it looks like this like amazing medieval cathedral, is a Victorian building, but she employed like... Enriqueta? 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 E-N-R-I-Q-U-E-T-A? Equestria. Um, she... <laughs> you know who Equestria is? Who? From My Little Pony. Jesus Christ. That's like the world they live in is Equestria. <laughs> Does that mean, am I a pony? You might be. Nah. I was a child, no, I was the right age. The, my Little Pony was a thing when I was a small child. Alright. I'm going to say it's fine. I mean, it's fine. I, I enjoy the show. So she built this library and it looks like this cathedral um, of knowledge. And it's just, it's the most beautiful space. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's so huge. But apparently the running costs are insane. And now it's owned by the University of Manchester Library. Um, and it just has like all of these amazing rare books and you can go and study there. And um, great gift shop. Great gift shop. Yeah. And it's free, like. You, you don't need, like, I don't think you'd necessarily spend a whole day there, but, like, it's good. Yeah. You could get, like, an hour, a couple of hours in there. And, like, especially yeah. if you want to go and study there as well, you could, like, have a look around. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. Second time there. Like, Manchester, if you need places, like, this is the city for you if you need places to, like, read or write or study. Where else did Sally take us? So we went to the portico. The oh, we went into the portico. And, yeah. So when we went into the portico, there was actually a Gaskell Society event going on in there. So we couldn't like properly walk around and we were whispering <laughs> and sneaking about. But the portico library was where William Gaskell was the chairman for 30 years. It was um, almost like a gentleman's club. So it was a gentleman's only library yeah. that you were a member of. Um, and, and you get like lunch there. Yeah, you can still That's be a member. Thing. And like it's, it's pretty reasonable. Like, and you could just sit and it's like high ceilings, like all of these gorgeous uh, old books all over the place. And we spotted, um, did we spot Jane Austen? We spotted Charlotte Bronte, we, we spotted Gaskell. Yeah, I got the Brontes. Yeah. So Thursday was our panel. Yeah. Which went really well. Mm-hmm. I was shocked that there were quite a few people there. I know. Um, Jane and Amy did a wonderful wonderful job a better job than we did oh yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i definitely was nervous and then i was also just really caught up in what like jane and amy were saying because both of them also brought new things to the table which i thought was great like there were a couple new stories in there that i was like i did not i have not heard these before so i was just like oh so awesome they did such great research they had really thorough notes it's just, for me, I wasn't, I, yeah, I wasn't nervous, but it's hard to feel nervous when, you, when you're when starting at zero, <laughs> you know nothing. 
Why's nervous about the whole thing? It's like, would people show up? Would people be interested? Would people be engaged? You know, like the whole thing, top to bottom. Just, I get nervous. Would I say something dumb? I did. No, you didn't. <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's see. Then Friday. Oh, I should say Thursday night. After the panel, we went to Salutation. Yeah, we went to the Salutation, which is where Jane uh, was started to be written. <laughs> Did you see why yeah, yeah, I was yeah, about yeah, to yeah. say where Jane Eyre wrote Charlotte Bronte? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, say. yeah. Charlotte started writing Jane Eyre um, when she was over in Manchester for um, Patrick's cataract surgery. So she started writing it um, upstairs in the Salutation. What year was that? Oh. <laughs> I'm terrible with dates, guys. Was that before or after she was friends with Mrs. Gaskell? Mm, before. Before. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because it's so close to the house. It's a mm-hmm. 20 minute walk away. Yeah, you can actually walk to the yeah. house, to the to the pub. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Nice pub. And then after that, we went to the uh, Gaskell House Volunteers Christmas party. And there was a um, Charles Dickens... Uh, well, there was a Christmas Carol quiz, and I haven't read it. I've only seen the Muppets movie, so I was basing every answer on that. And it turns out it's not a close study of the text, guys. So no, no. I got a lot of things wrong. <laughs> but I think they appreciated our comedy answers. Yeah, there was a lot of laughing. It was actually a lot of fun. There was one. It was like what. Uh, what wardrobe malfunction was the tailor fight for? So I just put nip slip. Mm-hmm. And then the other team was there, like trying to read it like, what is this? A nip slip? What's a nip slip? And then I heard someone say, <laughs> maybe it's a hip slip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and our team name was... Mm. Out of one to Charles, who is your least favourite Dickens? <laughs> because we don't like Charles Dickens. And by we, I do mean Lauren doesn't like Charles Dickens. Do you like Charles Dickens? I don't really have an opinion on Charles Dickens. Hmm. I like Great Expectations. Okay. His only book that I've read. Okay. I think it's very funny. Oh, really? Maybe I should give it another read. I keep saying this. You can't just, oh, really me, because it's on, like, recording and you Mm -hmm. think it will make you sound smart, Lauren. (laughs) Every time I'm like, Charles Dickens is funny, Great Expectations is good, you're like, I hate Charles Dickens. I'm going to give him the finger. I, um, so yesterday was our last day at Gaskell House, I think. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just like a whirlwind. We were just talking to volunteers and just, you know, having our last. We watched a lip service performance. Oh, that's right. Um. About Jane Austen's letters. That was funny. It was like, I'm glad that they said that they did um, stand up comedy because it did feel like. Well, I'm sure they're sick of hearing this, but like French and Saunders. Right. As other, we were described as French and Saunders. Who described us as French and Saunders? One of the volunteers. Which, oh, she was lovely. She was lovely. She was talking about um, how she was trying to describe our podcast to a friend. She's like, well, they're like French and Saunders with, you know, and then I said, the book club. And then I said, which of us is... French, and then she felt very uncomfortable. And then I had to say, I don't mind being Dawn French. I think she's brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, I um, 
Yeah, and she was like, do you guys don't mind that comparison? And I was like, no, that's a great comparison. I'm not as funny as either of those those ladies, though. I'm funnier than both of them. Oh, wow. Strong combined. statements. Combined. Strong statements. Um, I mean, those are like national treasures. Those I will be a national treasure. Yeah, you just gotta give it time. I've just got to kill <laughs> <laughs> Should I beep that up? Yeah, just beep out her name. <laughs> <laughs> But then cut out the bit where we discuss which bit to beep. Okay. You're not going to. Um, and then we went home and cleaned our flat. And then this, and then today we got on the coach and I finished Helen the Kelly's book. Oh, yeah. You've got to do a review of that book. I will. I'll give you a nutshell review. Okay. I really liked some of it. And then wasn't, I didn't not like it I was like entertained but some of it I was just like Meh. but mostly I just think that Helen Kelly's a smart lady and um I, I like the book alright I just sounds... think you need to read it along with some other stuff we'll do a more in-depth review later that's the only review <laughs> and I read um Mariana which was written by Monica Dickens and I didn't realize she is great-granddaughter of Charles Dickens. On a scale of one to Monica, who's your favorite Dickens? Monica. Well, there you go. <laughs> She's the far superior Dickens. She wrote over 30 books and was a columnist. Like, she was really, really, like, popular in her day. So We're going to talk about Monica one day. We are. We are. Because she's got a ten. great, great life story. When we've got a pay- Patreon campaign and five books and TV deal. Right. We'll talk about her. But in the meantime, I do recommend Mariana, even though the lead character is not super likable. Oh, wait, Lauren. Hmm. Did you know Sanderson was going to have, um, one of the characters was going to have dual heritage? No, I didn't. I read that in the book, the Helen the Kelly book. I did not know that. I can't remember her name. Miss Lamb. Interesting. She's... I can't... I don't know if it's in the notes or what. She's like... I can't... There's a quote. There's a quote. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't... Like, that would... With all of the stuff that we've been talking about. Period dramas. Yeah. Someone's got to finish Sanderson. Well, they are doing a film version. Are they? They are. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that casting. Hello, and welcome to Bonnets at Dawn. I am your host, Lauren Burke, Team Bronte. Oh, you forgot. (laughs) To think about it for a minute. I'll tell you who didn't forget. Your host, Hannah Chapman, Team Austin. Oh. Yeah, damn right. You're very Team Austin today. I'm very Team Austin today. Why are you so Team Austin today? Because we went to Jane Austen's home museum is that what it's called (laughs) yeah yeah jane austen house museum the jane austen house museum experience and the chawton house library and the chawton house library yeah great day packed it in yeah i held in all the tears and then we got outside and i just looked at lauren and i was like it's meant so much to me it's magical thank you It was a good day. It was an amazing day. It's been a good two weeks. This is the end of our trip. I've got to say, I'm really happy to go home and not have to face daily messages saying that my cat has been sick somewhere. 
that regard, it's been a very stressful trip. In right. terms of bonnets at dawn, it's been a delight. I know. I feel like it's just, we've been very productive. I feel like I've learned a hundred new things oh, and grown a hundred feet taller. And we've made so many new friends. Yeah. That's really nice. So much news, guys. So we have so much news to tell you. But first, I have to ask Hannah a question. Is it personal? Yeah. Okay, well, it's been about two weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you just finished Helena Kelly's book. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it in depth. But there is a paragraph that you've talked about in this book where she kind of... She says that you don't really get anything, correct me if I'm wrong, by going to, like, Chawton House. Or, sorry, Jane Austen's house. She questions what there is to take away from a literary home. Okay. I don't think she actually says you don't get jack shit from going to these places. But I think she questions their merit. Gotcha. And both of our bonnets at dawn trips. Yeah. Especially this one. Yeah. was all about, like, the value of a literary home. Yeah. So... What have you taken away, or what are your thoughts about visiting a literary home? Because now we've got three big ones under our belt. I've also been to Dickens' house as well. I've been to Dickens' house. I'm yeah. from where he was born. Don't, like, try and lord that over me. <laughs> He's like my homeboy. Dickens <sighs> and Nelson. Come okay. on. You know okay. this. But, you know, the three three important ladies. Yeah. We've, you know. So what do you think is the value, or what was your takeaway? Do you feel closer to Jane Austen? She's really thinking here, guys. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think um I think with with these with these writers, Austin, Gaspel and the Brontes, um, there is this undeniable element of, although it might not be also biographical work, pulling from their own lives. And so the huge value in visiting places that they've been themselves, um, is that it does it it just it makes the story so tangible and authentic like you understand where stuff's coming from you understand that they aren't creating in this vacuum and with with someone like Jane Austen who uh and like this this is what I always say about Bath like there is value to going to Bath and having Mm. a look at Georgian City because it it does help you conjure up what it would be like and yeah you know and then the thing that Chawton I think we we walked into the dining room which is where Jane like allegedly would write at this, mm. you know, tiny little wooden table beside the window. And there was, it was just us in the house, just mm-hmm. us and a volunteer sat silently by the front door. And there's just this ticking of a clock. And I think it occurred to me that, like, when she was at home on her own, like, there'd be outside noises mm-hmm. of people going about their work and stuff. But she just she just had the time to write yeah. like i totally understood i think for the very first time like why 
like why she was able to write at Chawson in a way that she wasn't able to necessarily write in other homes. Yeah. And like security, knowing that Cassandra is going to be there to like look after the family home. Like Cassandra did a lot to free up Jane Austen's time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a small house. Yeah. It's it's yeah it's small. It is small. I I think what you say about time makes a lot of sense because. It was a really stark contrast to Gaskell House mm. because um, Gaskell House, I mean, I totally feel like I just know Elizabeth Gaskell a million times better and just like I yeah. really understood, like I was like, oh, I'm like really, yeah, like I, I understand her now in a way that I just, I don't think I could get from just reading a biography. Mm-hmm. Um, but her writing desk was in her dining room. And that dining room is just, you know, it's right next to the drawing room and it's not far from the front door and you can hear all the bells and like, I can just imagine like the girls running in and out and like the servants and her constantly being interrupted and the fact that she didn't have like her own study really, but she also was like, she was constantly interrupted, just constantly. And you can see how that would happen and you could see like maybe one of the reasons why some of her pages were always late. I mean, another reason why her pages were late was because she, like, would send Dickens her pages at the last minute so he wouldn't make as many edits or he wouldn't have time to make edits. But I think also it was, like, time. Like, I think she was just, like, just flitting about, like, here and there. And um, it was funny because, like, we were constantly interrupted. Like, Sally's constantly interrupted. Like, there's always something going on in that house, which I love. I love that there's always, like, like there's there's tons of volunteers and there's like activities and there's you know discussion groups happening and there's like you know people in the tea room and there's theater performances there's like always like something going on just like there's so much hustle and bustle and it just feels like so alive but that's like how she like had her house and that's how they're keeping it yeah, and she went away to write as well. She did. She would she, she She'd to. go on these trips. To yeah, get some peace away. and quiet. Where it's almost like I think towards the towards the end. For Austin, it's like suddenly Chawson is her base for writing, and then she she'd go away, and she'd be Aunt Jane, or go to know, London and go to the theater. Yeah, yeah. Or be or be in society. And, yeah, it was just opposite. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it did, yeah, it put a lot of things into perspective for me, just, like, her time in Bath and and just, like, I don't know, maybe she didn't hate Bath as much as I think she did. I don't know, who knows. And then especially just the stuff about Edward. So Mary was like, why would Edward put them up in a big house? They cost money to run. And it's like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, these four women. Also, it made me, like, she was, She's not accustomed to running a stately house. Or in a, like, yeah, a, a yeah. So I, this has bothered Han- Hannah for a long time, that, like, Edward had all this money and these great estates. Like, why didn't he put up Jane Austen and, and, and her sister and their and her mother, mom, and mother and Martha in, like, in the great house? Like, why did he stick them in this cottage? And um, Mary, the curator, who we interviewed today, was like, just simply economy. Like, yeah. just, it made him more money to rent out the great house. Um, 
and we were talking to the librarian at the Great House today, mm-hmm. and he rented it out to like various gentlemen. Yeah. So I mean, so he was making, and he wasn't. He wasn't even there. He was even often. there. He was mostly in Godmersham. Yeah. So he's renting it out. He's making more income from it, and that way he can have Jane live rent free. Yeah. And then also he has eleven children. Yeah. He's got to pay for them. Yeah. So he's got a lot of like finances to take care of. I think it it gives you context and it gives you the space and it gives you stuff to talk about and all of that is just valuable for understanding an author's intention and the time that they're writing in and yeah it's just like context is everything context is everything with with classic literature and like trying to understand that and I think that's something that doing this podcast has really like helped me with and although yeah I've got some issues with Helena Kelly's book I think the thing that I've really taken away from it is just how important the context is and I have said that before yeah but she she has done like such a significant amount of research just into like political figures at the time like Mm. the agricultural revolution and the act of enclosure and the impact that that's having on like uh country society just like all of this stuff and it's fascinating and yeah you do you do get more from the books or at least you know you understand it and then this idea especially that some of her books are are just being read by the wrong audience yeah and I think that's something again that like Jane Austen's house feels like a Georgian house Mm -hmm. and it feels like it feels very different to um Gaskell house Mm -hmm. um because the the Victorians like you know, stuff stuff was changing. Stuff was changing yeah. rapidly. It was it was a different world, and so, yeah. Like imagine being, imagine being someone who's kind of living in this like fast paced, like quickly adapting world, and looking back at something which is like tangible history. Like it's, it's like the very near past, and then being expected to relate your life to that, and just feeling like it, it's just outdated. Like. No one's like that anymore. It's a, it's a completely different way of life. Mm. I don't know. And I think, yeah, seeing seeing the houses has helped with that. And we are back. I'm in Chicago and Hannah's in Bristol. So, so sad. Our road trip was super fun. I, I really love traveling with you, Hannah, actually. Oh, thank you. I, I don't like traveling with hardly anyone, too. So it's the highest of compliments. I'm, yeah, I will take it. I like to think I'm a fairly easygoing travel companion. Yeah, you are. Um, well, you, like, also hit the road as well, too. Like, I like getting up and, like, getting to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I actually think I complain less when I travel than I do in my day-to-day life. You know, sometimes you <laughs> go on holiday with people and nothing's okay. My, right. my like tolerance of everything is much higher when I'm not at home. <laughs> <laughs> what I love too is that we like really settled into like this routine in Manchester and you know, like how, you know, you'd make a cup of tea every night. And then I also love how you'd go like, I don't like tea, but every night you'd be like, Hey, do you, do you want a cup of? <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> you did. I never drink <laughs> tea at home. <laughs> <laughs> We'd make tea and we like we'd do our notes and watch Jim Poria and I was like, yeah, this is a great way to live. It's very similar to being in Chicago, except yeah, more tea, I guess. Yeah, definitely more tea. 
So yeah, um, we'll have another road trip diary coming up um, in July when we go to Kentucky. I am excited. It'll be a very different experience. Very, very different. Less tea. But I'm very excited. <laughs> Less tea, more whiskey, and uh, hot weather. And um, yeah, yeah. I you know what we should be try and do? Fast food. We should really try and get an audio clip of the sweat dripping from my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so disgusting. Uh, um, it's going to be so hot. I'm going to die. I'm truthfully not looking forward to the the weather we'll try to figure out some ways of like you know some handheld fans electric fans we're we're gonna try to figure it out (laughs) i'll definitely get the air conditioning fixed in my car before then by the way oh yeah i mean that's the least you can do i'm begging (laughs) absolutely so, um, so yeah, I hope you guys like that sort of soft entry into season two. We do um, talk a little bit about, you know, what's coming up here, what you guys can expect. We talk a little bit about Gaskell House, about our panel there. Um, next week, we are going to be going to Jane Austen House. Yeah. Yeah. This is my favorite episode ever. Ever. And my favorite day ever. It was a pretty great day. Um, it's a pretty great episode. I really actually, I enjoy it as well, even though I'm Team Bronte. Spoiler, we definitely discussed touching everything we're not allowed to touch a lot mm-hmm. on tape. Mm-hmm. It's true. We were the only ones there. It could have just touched everything. Yeah, we could have. And also, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is if you want to know if we touched everything, you'll have to listen to next week. Yeah, absolutely. Did we get kicked out? Did we get arrested? Are we actually recording from prison? Will mm. you ever know? So, um, Hannah, if people want to, you know, chat with us just before that episode, how should they do that? You can find us, as always, lurking on the internet, at Bonnets at Dawn on Instagram and Twitter, Bonnets at Dawn at gmail.com or Bonnets at Dawn on the old Facebook group. Alternatively, mm-hmm. if you Google prison pen pals, um, they'll be able to match you up with us. You can send us some commissary uh, and maybe some protection be money because it turns out that if you go to prison for taking a crap in a museum artifact, you will get bullied for being a nerd. <laughs> True story. And if you could send your uh, money as uh, like the Jane bucks, as I call them, the Jane dollars, <laughs> <laughs> the Jane pounds, that'd be great. Is that the ten pound note? Yeah, oh, I had no clue. I was like, "What is she talking about?" The Janies, the, the Jane dollars, the Janies, <laughs> the Janies. The Janies should be like our awards yeah. that we have at the end of the year. We give someone a Janie. Yeah, we can, and you can give out a Bronte. <laughs> sure, awful. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.